Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Once again, Midflight Brawl is brought to you by our good mates at Heaps Normal. Delicious, refreshing, independent, non-alcoholic beer. It is good stuff. Get over to heapsnormal.com. Chuck in duty free at checkout to get yourself some free shipping all around Oz. I'm on the website at the minute. The two options, of course, they got the Quiet XPA, the 2021 World Beer Awards Australia winner, and their new one, another lager. The prices have come down a bit. Um, you shouldn't normally mention price in a thing like this, but occasionally people go, man, it's a little over $60 a slab. It's non-alcoholic beer. Think of the money you're saving on the back end. No unnecessary 2 a.m. dollars dropped on a bag of the old Pablo Escobar bags, if you know what I mean. Woo! No taxi. You can walk home. You can handstand walk home. You save money on a kebab. Who's eating a, a sober kebab? An insane person would eat a sober kebab. That's not happening if you tuck into the heaps normals. Get there, heapsnormal.com. Duty free at checkout. Free shipping around Australia and help support the lads at MFB HQ. Hey, I'm Nick Cody. And I'm Luke Heggie. Throughout human history, there have been countless scuffles, melees and fracasses. When planes were invented, we didn't magically just stop belting the shit out of each other. So ladies and gentlemen, strap in, kick your shoes off, recline your seat without checking, drink your duty-free and start staring aggressively at strangers. This is Mid-Flight Brawl. Mid-air madness, passengers trading blows. Mid-air brawl on board a scoot flight from the Gulf. At LAX, thrown off a flight from Bali. A disruptive passenger on board. Cussing, screaming, spitting, even urinating. Many of them have been captured on cell phones. How is the lady that started the f***? Why the f***? Why this talking to me? I hope this crashes. Out the door. Welcome to Mid-Flight Brawl. Any tip rat can fly now, and here's what happens when they do. I'm Nick Cody. Oh, and Heggy's not here. I am solo for this brief intro uh, for this cracking app. Heggy's on the app, obviously, but these intros we do a little bit closer to the time the episode comes out. And uh, obviously, we're in different states at the minute. A lot of tours going on. LukeHeggy.com for his tour dates. NickCody.com.au for mine. I believe Heggy's in Brisbane or Sydney this weekend. I'm in Perth. Then we're in Hobart and Launceston in July together for some mid-flight brawls. Midflightbrawl.com for those. Anyway, enough plugs. Heggy wanted to do it solo. He wanted to the, to do the intro solo like his hero, Alan Jones, but uh, he ran out of time. Um, obviously, very busy man. I'm doing Brecky Radio, Interstate Geeks. The last few days I've been filming something for eight hours a day after radio and have two kids under three, yet I'm here because I'm good with time management. Some people, your mate, decide to do things like spend hours cooking free-range rotisserie chickens in their driveway when they could just spend eight bucks at a chain supermarket for pre-cooked ones with free steroids in it already to get fucking shredded and instead be doing work with their spare time they didn't waste doing an amateur job of some poultry roasting next to their car. Anyway, I'm not here to judge. It is fun to fucking dig in, though. Uh, the King Heggy rarely lets his guard down like this, and I'm sure I am in for an absolute verbal coward punch the next time <laughs> he gets the opportunity to do this. The um, thing I'm most excited about, though, uh, if you're not on our Instagram, at Midflight Brawl on Insta, posted a video the other night. This has gone absolutely ham. Heggy sent it to me, uh, and the message he attached was this. Perth to Melbourne, worst ever. 
massive woman, wound needed redressing, had to sit forward on the very edge of my seat the whole time so it didn't touch me. She slept real well, got on with her de facto, paid for, paid for exit row, spilt half a takeaway iced coffee on the floor at my feet. Uh, I assume that was her. Her jumper fell off <laughs> at one stage, so I grounded into the wet coffee stain <laughs> with my feet. Fucking nightmare. Have a look at the video. Poor Heggy squashed up against the window. I've got a crook neck at the minute because I flew back from the Goldie the other week next to a big boy and uh, I was in the aisle um, but I was sleeping as if I was in a fucking my son's single bed, a three-year-old single bed, just scrunched up on the flight, big unit in the middle. It's happened to Heggy. The video has gone absolutely bunter because the person next to him is squashing him up against uh, pretty much the the window. He's not happy about it, but when is he happy about anything? Um, and that she's got a sleeveless top on, a wet wound. The dressing is a wet wound, and it's pushing up against your mate, Heggy. And I'll tell you what makes you think, doesn't it? Does make you think. Wear a jumper if you've got a wet wound on your fucking arm. You you got to cover it up. On a plane. Good ad for heaps normal, actually. I assume Heggy was tucking into those because if I'd sniffed alcohol, I would have started throwing. Um, so get on there, at Midflight Brawl on Instagram. Have a look at the video. Heggy's very upset. Don't comment on it, though, because at the minute, we're up to 69 comments. And I've never seen something um, with this amount of comments where everybody is on Heggy's side. A couple of people obviously laughing at him, but they're still on his side. 100%, 100% to zero. Uh, Josh wrote, this has brought me incredible joy, Heggy. (laughs) My favourite was uh, Camp Spamalam. Heggy should have gone Murray's bus. If you've heard the Canberra episode... (laughs) You'll know what that's about. The Canberra Live app uh, from a couple of months ago. Should have should have gone Murray's bus. Could have taken your whippersnipper too. <laughs> Sarah wrote, the sleeveless arm must mean they're wearing the finest Bintang singlet and connecting via Perth on his way back from Bali, Australia's seventh state. I've had too many cans and came off a scooter while experiencing the local culture. Get on there at Midflight Brawl on Instagram and uh, – but it's a it's a fucking great video. I'm flying to Perth tomorrow, Friday. I'm going to Perth, and I'm I'm hoping for the same thing. Uh, but enjoy the episode. It's an absolute ripper. Get around Heggy on socials. He's obviously a little bit flat. His flight his flight was a sad one. So at Heggy Luke on Insta, send him a nice bloody you know nice little pep talk. Send him maybe a hang in there, poster of the cat. He loves that sort of stuff. Live laugh love. Any of those, Heggy's all about them. That's why he's got them all up around his apartment. Um, so send him some nice little, nice little messages. You know, anything you've seen in your Pilates studio, send it along. He'd greatly appreciate it and enjoy this episode of Midflight Brawl, mate. This week we're heading over to Birat Nagar, Nepal. Wow, place that you're quite likely to go one day to finally find yourself through the tried and true methods of dreadlocks, hemp clothing and poor personal hygiene. Maybe some poetry while you're at it, just for good measure. Have my own eco farm. Look, guys, I abandoned my family to grow apples. I, th- I think eco housing's come a bit of a way. Remember when they just used to call eco housing just corrugated tin walls? They just get yeah. roofing, put the walls on it, and then it's eco housing. Yeah, no, it's not. It's just roofing for walls. That's all it is. looks cold. Have you seen that crazy type of house? I think they built a bunch of them in Arizona or something where it's d- – d- it's this weird fucking dirt. It's like dirt and tires. No. And it's got its own little f- sort of biodome. Great film, by the way, one of your favourites. Um, oh, I've actually seen some of Biodome. It's one of the worst things I reckon still some right of. up there. I've watched the whole thing numerous times. Oh. Who's the guy in it? Is it the comedian? Uh, one of the Baldwins and Paulie Shaw. Paulie Shaw. Goodness gracious. Yeah. One of the worst. Oh, And I think Kylie Minogue was in it. I was just going to say, the bit I saw mm. was them getting some shielders in there. Fairly sure one was Kylie Minogue <laughs> sneaking them into the biodome. What an appalling time. Um, 
But these houses, it's a, it's got the vibe of so, of something I could picture you living in, Eggy, one day when oh, the okay. yeah. cops hack into your laptop and find your manifesto and you've got a fucking door runner to the Make Northern a, Territory. A out of dirt and tyres. <laughs> yeah. Living in an ant mound was a bit of a rubber twist. Um, having said that, though, interesting joint, Nepal. Mm. Like a lot of poor countries, quite partial to a bit of hocus pocus. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, in Nepal. What type of hocus pocus? What are we talking? Well, you see an upside down sandal on the floor. Yeah, turn it over, or to ruin your day, as will cutting your nails at night. So wow, okay, and leaping over a broom. Don't ever do that. Um, What's the other? And my favourite. Hold on, does that mean the broom's on the ground, or someone's sweeping with it, and you jump over it? Jump over the person sweeping. Um, no, I would think it's on the ground. You can step over it. You're supposed to pick it up. Wow. I don't, I don't know. And uh, my personal Who favorite, is picking up a solo thong on the ground? Leave that alone. No, no, That's no. That's crime not scene. To see it out on the, in the wild. It means outside the door, there's all these shoes yeah. sitting there. One of them's yeah, upside of down. Don't just step over and walk off and start your day of work. Turn the, turn the sandal back over uh, so it's up the right way. It's like scrubbing a bit of above the waterline shit out of a bowl. Yeah, pretty much. That you didn't do. That I didn't do. Is that what you're saying? No, I'm saying if you if you didn't do it and you go into piss in a cubicle, mm. and there's a bit of shit on there. Get rid of it with your pee. No, well, try with that. Try with that. But uh, if not, give it the brush. Give it the toilet brush. Well, leave the toilet cleaner than you found it. Unless it stays old, you can't get it off with your pee. Go back to your doctor. <laughs> sort it out. Um, one of my favourites, though. Your prostate swollen. That should be. If you don't want to finger up the date, they just show you some old piss in a toilet bowl. Some old shit. If you can't blast it off. Yeah, blast that off. <laughs> You'd be all right. Prostate's gone. <laughs> um, here's one. Sitting on a pillow will give you a headache. Maybe they call pink eye a headache. Mm. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, on Nepal, got stuck in, over at Murderpedia, there are but four murders listed. Wow. Four murderers, rather, one of whom is Charles Sabraj, mm. who uh, had his own Netflix special. Did you see that? Pretty good. No. Oh, that was that was The Serpent. No, I have you not seen serpent? that. Have seen The Serpent? Oh, pretty good. No. That was a good one. Um, you spoke last week about Daniel Towns' podcast. Yeah. And they, the Netflix algorithm, I reckon our algorithm's very different. Quite different. Yeah. You're hearing a lot of this in shows you watch. And you're hearing a lot of uh, Paulie Shaw et al. I reckon I'm getting more laughs off mine. I reckon I laugh more during the murder ones than you do during the comedy ones. And you love those fuckheads. Well, again, we spoke about video shops in the intro last week. I reckon that's Biodome. The reason I watched it is because something I actually wanted to watch was out. Everything else. When I was a kid, maybe Dumb and Dumbers. All the Dumb and Dumbers were gone. All the Dumb and Dumbers. Yeah, as in it was a new release around Biodome time. Oh, right. I want to watch Dumb and Dumber. It, it would have been a film like that. There's something about Mary, Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. Ace Ventura, When Nature Calls, would have been in that realm. Yes. None of those. Ah, fuck. All right. Let's go Biodome. <laughs> I tell you, your whole youth was just going to the Jim Carrey aisle by the sounds of this. Um, um, <laughs> the other, uh, one other one on Murderpedia, there was a mass shooting at a temple, standard. Yeah. The third was in 2012. When Mahadevi Yadav was convinced by her guru, mm. bad sentence this, um, <laughs> that her witchcraft skill set would be complete only after she sacrificed her nephew. Oh, so geez. she did it. Not her fault. Got told to do it. Um, and how, do, how are her skills? Well, yeah, pretty good. I mean, she's, yeah. you know, in the four walls she's in, she's still practicing. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> uh, the fourth was Dependra, Ma- uh, Dependra Bikram Shah. Who uh, in two thousand one, he was a prince, and was wow. d- denied his choice of bride by his mother. Sorry, just before we get into that, is yeah. Bikram an actual? It's a name, popular middle name. There, or is this just a you know when you see someone called Harley Davidson? You know, uh, no, it's pretty popular. Like, a, right. yeah, um, I mean, it, it's a it's a Christian, it's a first name, not yeah. a Christian name. Sorry, beg your pardon. Yeah. It's a first name, as in Bikram yeah. Chowdhury. Um, yeah. But yeah, this guy was Bikram. Dependra Bikram Shah, uh, didn't get the bride of a choice, so he killed his mother, brother, sister, and father, who was the king. Whoa. 
Then he shot himself, right? Hold on. Just to finish the job. Didn't do it properly, though. Well, yeah, but he did. (laughs) He did. He did manage to uh, do a stint in hospital in a coma for three days and then died straight after that. Oh. Like a rainbow fading in the twinkling of an eye. Gone too soon. Uh, yeah, much like the king of pop. Um, good news, though. During those three days that he was in a coma, he was pronounced king. Oh, what? <laughs> well, he oh. killed his dad, didn't he? So he became the king. Why wasn't that in bloody Alanis Morissette's <laughs> ironic song? <laughs> <laughs> it's like becoming king after you murder your dad, but you're in a coma. <laughs> um. <laughs> Birat Nagar is a gateway city to eastern Nepal as well as northeastern India. Bit of a cricket town as well as birthplace of many Nepalese leaders and the epicentre of democracy. It's also the home of none other than Bola Rijal, a recently discovered hero of mine for his ability to pivot. (laughs) His two careers are what? I'll give you Uh, one. I'll, I'll tell you. Yeah. One's arts-based and one's science-based. Which one do you want? All right. Uh, hold on. Painter into anaesthetist. You're not doing too badly here. I'll give Fuck. you one of them. Do you want the science one? I'll give you one. Yeah. Which one? Yeah. What do you want? Give me give me science. Gynecologist. Oh, uh, rapper. Oh, nah. <laughs> Poet. Yes. Oh. <laughs> He's got to be the world's foremost gynecologist poet. <laughs> It once oh, was a man, man from Nantucket. Yeah. I, just, I don't know about this. Well, that's, oh, that's... I wouldn't even hire a plumber who's an, also an electrician. Oh, like, fuck. Master of one's better. It's like when you... Yeah. You know, I wouldn't buy Kung Pao chicken from a shop that also does fish and chips. This is that <laughs> oh, to the power of 10. That was the exact example I was about to give. Oh, sorry, man. Yeah. It's... <laughs> It's good to know we both walk away from the same things. Oh, yeah. One look in there. Yeah, nah, sorry. Dim Sims, don't think so. Not an efficient chip shop. Um, anyway, the year of this particular incident happens to be 1973. And the aircraft is a DHC-6 Twin Otter. Right. Twin Otters, they have a checkered history, buddy. Oh, yeah. And it's uh, De Havilland Canadian 19-passenger plane, STOL style, <laughs> short takeoff and landing. Yeah. Tricycle style, three-wheeler, you see, favoured by parachute lunatics. And you, don't, you know what I don't like? It's currently marketed as the Viking Air. Yeah. I don't like, you know, any plane named after a group that went by ship. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. thank you. What would you prefer, like a, a Pegasus or something? It, yes. Anything. <laughs> even Airbus, even though it's got bus in it, so it does yeah. take the sheen off flight, you know, it, it's still got air. Great. Um, yeah, I know. Well, this uh, and another pivot situation, you can replace the wheels with floats or skis. No worries. So, Sick. Oh, yeah. man, I'm having a look on Google Images now. You know what? You know where I've got this? I just realised. I said I'm cool with an Airbus, but not with a Viking Air. Mm. I reckon if it was called an Air Viking, I don't know. Sounds cooler. Oh, I'm more with it. But I'm having a look at one of the seaplane. Have you ever been on a seaplane? Yeah. Oh, really? Don't know if it was a twin otter, but yeah. How was it? Uh, pretty small, scary. Yeah. Don't know. Not my thing. Long time ago. Don't think I'd do it again. No? No. <laughs> yeah, I don't... Got responsibilities to myself. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, like you say, now known as a Viking uh, Air Twin Otter. Restarted production in 2008 after a two-decade break. Nostalgia Just in time really. for the global financial crisis. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I don't know about stopping something like that and then just starting up production exactly no. the same again. It's like when they started to make polywaffles again. Classic <laughs> chockey bar. Didn't work second time. No. And yet I can still spot the odd Chiquito bar, the shit cousin of the polywaffle in the supermarket shelf. Criminal. Yeah. 
that was a big one in my house when I was a kid, a polywaffle. Great one. Do you remember the vice versa? No. There's one called a vice versa, white chocolate and dark chocolate together. Top deck. Nah, a bit different. Right. Um, I mean, rarely for me will anything successfully make a comeback after an extended hiatus. People move on, unless it's Hey Hate Saturday. Yeah. In which case, trundle out the lads for some more time capsule <laughs>, laughs. Timeless, I beg your pardon. I do want to know what Daryl Summers was up to between Dancing with the Stars, getting wheeled back out for that, and Hey Hey It's Saturday. I'll tell you, his neck in cash. <laughs> Channel 9, Kakash. Um, quite a few incidents and accidents, hence and allegations involving the twin otter. Large amount of collisions midair for mine. Uh, that's that's nothing to do with a plane, I wouldn't think. Or must have a wicked blind spot <laughs> on the list. A lot of fucking midair. Just I don't know. Must have a like a, a pillar or something right down the middle of the <laughs> windscreen. Can't see another plane right in front of you. Um, they crash into mountains, beaches, the snow. Uh, all terrain. So it's an all terrain shit vehicle. It is <laughs> desert. <laughs> Desert mountains, water, cities. It'll smash India. Get one. Famous alumni, Panamanian president Omar oh. Torrijos. What's he Torrijos, doing? Torrijos, beg your pardon, died in one in 1981. I say president, but in a like Panama, doesn't really matter. He was uh, he was maximum leader of the Panamanian revolution. Great. So wasn't actually president. Sick. Like the loss of sunlight. I um, went down a bit of a hole with this. Yeah. Um, The maximum leader. He did, as a revolutionary, he he did initiate the Canal Treaty that gave them power of, of the thing rather than the US controlling it from 1999. And his son became legit president in 2004. By the way, though, you take control of a country like that in a coup d'etat, you will one way or another die violently. (laughs) This one was light weather, no mechanical issues, just pilot fuck up once again. Um, I reckon that is the closest to a peaceful death for a leader like that. Although the Soviets and and Noriega, did insinuate that the U.S. had planted a bomb on the plane, which is impossible because that would constitute terrorism, and I know for a fact that Americans <laughs> deplore terrorism. In fact, afterwards, um, it's a bit of a whoever smelt it dealt it thing for me, <laughs> Biggest beneficiary was Noriaga himself, who became oh, de facto president for six years in the 80s and made a shit ton of cash from running drugs. So maybe de facto. he put a bomb on the plane. De facto, again, never great. No, <laughs> not a great word, is it? So. <laughs> Brings a lot of stink with it, de facto. Yeah. Oh, every cloud, though. Noriaga, he died old. We had a theory there's never been a father of the year that was a de facto. Absolutely. Any country. You go to any country, Father of the Year award, never a de facto. <laughs> oh, you're also hundreds of times less likely to kill each other if you're <laughs> married. <laughs> de facto's don't mind a bit of bloody, you know. For, um, yeah, old Noriega, he died quite old, rare for a dictator, but he had done a fair bit of bird in the US, France and Panama. Oh, like second half of a military dictator's life, no good. They're like models. <laughs> Just a shit time. Falls off quick. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. what's that? You're ugly. Yeah. Bad news for you. Yeah. See ya. Hot till you're 45. <laughs> then it's... <laughs> <laughs> oh, you forgot to use your brain for all that time. Sorry. Sucked in. <laughs> um, one time in a rescue operation, this, we're still on the Twin Otter here, so we'll get in soon. <laughs> Uh, in rescue operation in 1978 in Jonestown, oh, Guyana, yep. one of our favoured locations, a, uh, a twin otter got attacked by cultists, uh, took off and got away. That's how tough this plane was, while another twin otter got attacked and everyone was shot dead. So Ooh. you win some, you lose some. Fuck, some balls, you'd, I'd be um, 
It's like the kid that had nunchucks at school. If you've got two, turn on the props no. and start. start yeah, you've doing got spins. turbo props. <laughs> Just some spin donuts. around. Do burnouts on the runway. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off, everyone! Stay back. <laughs> stay back, everyone. <laughs> It's a yeah, more advanced version of lying on your back on the bed and just kicking with your feet till your brothers fuck off. I'm like, no fucking kick it. No fucking kick doing the bicycle kick. Didn't someone did someone just die recently who almost died or did they die running into one of those? Oh. Trying to get on after like a league match or something. Oh. Um or a cricket match. I mean the golfer, Jack Newton did. He just the golfer. walked That's into right. one. Yeah. That was a while ago. That was early eighties. And he lived, didn't he? Lost an arm. Yeah, lost an arm, lost an eye, I believe. Fuck. Still play golf, whatever. Can't be that hard golf. <laughs> one arm, one eye. Still going. That's a fucking handicap. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Um, this particular Royal Nepal Airlines flight was going from Birit Nagar to Kathmandu, uh, the namesake like of your, your favourite shop where you can get synthetic puffer oh. jackets and substandard camping gear. <laughs> Sorry. We Better butted go. heads running into the same door then. <laughs> I was going to say the same thing this whole episode. I'll set myself up. I'm going to give you a fucking insult before you get one on me. Nothing better. It's like when two boxers both try and land the same uppercut at the same time. They sort yeah. of hit forearms and go, hey, cunt. I know what you're up to. Um, I, don't, I don't reckon I'll be cruising around Nepal in a small plane. Those mountains, they come at you from all directions. I'll just walk, which is also dangerous. I think Nepal has the most dangerous airport in the world. If I'm not wrong. Uh, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't think it's Kathmandu, but yeah, I think you're right. It's one of their other. And Nepal Airlines isn't great either. No, it's in the bottom twenty consistently, yeah. bottom ten or something. But then you know, unfair. It's always up um, there with Corgo. Is it Corgo? Is that the um no Koyo Koyo Airlines, the uh, the oh, North yeah. Korean one? I found an airline recently, and I haven't done enough research yet. I'd like to call Crispy Airlines. I'm not getting on that. <laughs> I think it's Cameroon. Hold on. <laughs> I think it might be defunct. I've got to, I got to look more into it. Sorry. I should have wow. should have done my research. should have done my own research. By the way, shout out to Rex Airlines hooking up with Delta. Good work, Rex. Oh, yeah? What's that? Why is, it, why is that good? I don't know. Rex have somehow got a co-chair. They're hanging out with the big dogs now. Yeah, right. Co-chair. Incredible. What? Just in Australia. Yeah, so Delta passengers flying into Australia, so they land in Sydney. Rex will take them to Brisbane or Melbourne or wherever the fuck they're going. Yeah. And vice versa. Rex has always been a bit, you know, Brisbane bus lines to me. Yeah, I told you. They had, the, they had a, an engine just fall off. Yeah. Over Albury, Wodonga. Just landed in the forest, kept going, landed, which actually is that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's not bad. It's what happens when you name your plane after a dog. <laughs> um, yeah, I wouldn't get a plane in a pod, just walk. But I mean, death comes slower via <laughs> hypothermia or starvation. Um, this particular plane had some cash on it being transported to Kathmandu oh. by Nepal Rastra Bank. Right. That was the most valuable passenger. Three boxes of cash. <laughs> uh, Mr. Girija Prasad Koirala thought, I'll have that. Not for me, obviously. It's for it's for restoring multi-party democracy to partyless country led by the King of Nepal. Of course. We need guns, and to get them, we need cash. Yeah. So he selflessly thought he was going to take it. Um, by the way, a box a box of cash mm, is just off. It's great to sound right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a um, thick shake with a paper straw. You go, no, 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 <laughs> something's it's not right here. Cash um, should be in suitcases or duffel bags. Oh, handcuffed or, you know, to a to a lackey. Yeah. They lose a hand, who cares? 
Um, Durga Subida was another bloke, not to be confused, of course, with Durga Subidi, Subidi, sorry, the modern-day cricket umpire who has presided over five ODIs and about a couple of dozen 2020s. This Durga Subidi had been in prison where he had plenty of time to read. The classics? No. He read about the hijacking of JAL Flight 351 and it struck a chord. Oh, great. Um, some Japanese larrikins. Hijacked a plane. How do they? How do they get that book in there though? Jail's a bit more relaxed over there. Well, I mean, you know, there's all sorts. Just leftover library books and shit, isn't it? Oh yeah. Not many people would just read. You seen how many shit books there are around? Oh, my favorite. There's one at a park. At a park near my place, there's like a uh, there's a bookcase with a door on it. You know, like yeah. a community book. And yeah. I think whoever put it there is like, this is great for the community. And it would be great if everyone was made up of the type of person that put that thing there. Yeah. But it's not. Well, it's just got turds and shit in it. It's just 10 copies of 50 Shades of Grey next to fucking the kids play. Da Vinci Code. No. <laughs> 12 copies of Da Vinci Code. Yeah. You're not getting classics out of those boxes. They've got a few around here too. No good. Yeah. I always stop and have a look out of curiosity. <laughs> not once I've seen one I thought, oh, I'll have that. Terrible, <laughs> terrible books. Um. Yeah, some Japanese fellas said, got on a plane, hijacked it and said, take us to Cuba where we'll all get military training. Sick. And the pilots said, we don't have enough fuel, fuckheads. So they landed in Fukuoka. Then they took off en route to North Korea. They said, oh, you can't get us to Cuba? Let's go to North Korea. Next best thing. Yeah. Um, the pilot said, yeah, okay. But then they landed <laughs> in South Korea in an attempt to trick the hijackers. They'd, they'd dressed up. In this time while it's in the air, they dressed up Gimpo Airport in Seoul to imitate a North Korean airport. Wow. Don't know the details of that. Just put up a – just paint a yeah. quick North Hide Korea. All the food. Hide yeah. all the food and tell the airport employees to look sad. <laughs> the the hijackers wised up. Must have seen the wet paint on the sign and said, oh, now we're angry. <laughs> Take us to Pyongyang. So they went there and they were offered asylum in North Korea – where they pretty much lived out the rest of their lives in shit <laughs> conditions and misery. A couple of them got killed trying to leave, that sort of thing. Oh, that's a you'd cop the jail in South Korea, wouldn't you? Oh, any day. They weren't thinking straight. Yeah. Let's just say that. Sabidi somehow read this in jail, seen it as a success story and said, yeah, I'm in. <laughs> it can be done. Let's get on. Just, wa- just wanted to travel. And hijack this plane with the cash. Uh, there was an inside man, Madal Ariel. He told the lads, he, he worked for the bank, he told the lads, there's going to be plenty of Indian currency on the Twin Otter. Get amongst it, fellas. <laughs> and then a couple of other knockabouts joined them for the fun of it. Um, on the plane, there were three crew and 19 passengers, so packed, uh, including actress and torchbearer for women's cinema, Marla Sinha. She was on the plane. <laughs> Tell you what, bet you oh. she didn't sing on board, not like an American singer would. Oh, man. <laughs> that a lot of videos of, my... of Seppos getting up and about with a guitar. How can you think that's fine? <laughs> that, that would is... make me furious. Yeah. I prefer to get punched in the back of the head, I reckon, than have to listen to some people doing a song on board a plane, <laughs> bringing happiness to the lives of those around them. What do you make of Bollywood? Because that, that was the tones of Marla Sinha herself. Um, singer, actress, triple threat. I don't. I don't think I've. Uh, surely, dancers in there. Singer, actor, dancer. Oh yeah, the true, yeah. the original triple threat. Um, now it's podcaster, crypto dealer, real estate agent. You, um, you, you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I. You know what? I've never seen a full Bollywood film. Yeah, I don't know, man. I. I don't know what'll get me into it. You know, it's like opera. I need a pretty basic one up top. Maybe I'll watch the one that Brett Lee was in and um, then we'll go on from there. (laughs) Is he a rock (laughs) opera or something? Um, Yeah, I don't know. Not my cup of tea. uh, In addition to Bollywood, 
I found a couple of Nepalese comedians in my travels. Right. I couldn't get them in English, so largely useless for this. But I did watch a film of two of them driving at really fucking high speed along a dirt clifftop road in a combi van cracking jokes to each other. I couldn't stop watching. Right. I remember this sort of terror from a bit of third world travel myself and it's fucking horrendous. Like just when you think the rattling shitbox you're in cannot go any faster, it'd be like a fucking truck pass on the outside between you mm. and certain death, downhill going 100. <laughs> it's a sort of unsafe driving that New Zealand males have all modelled themselves on. I love uh, it's that it's that sort of stuff, an almost stack at high speed on a fucking scooter that'll yeah. really wipe the 18 bintangs out of my system pretty quick. <laughs> oh, you sober up real quick <laughs> on that. Put a scooter off a cliff and somehow stay on it yourself. Stone cold. Um. Anyway, how long how long into the flight do you reckon the fellas got up and started screaming, etc.? Well, how long's the flight? Oh, it's only a couple of hundred miles. I don't know what that is in a you twin know, order. You know what? I don't think they've thought this through on the ground. No, nah, they waited five <sighs> minutes. In fact, <laughs> the lads had uh, two unlicensed thirty-two revolvers. Yeah. And one thirty-six grenade bomb for the threat. I've got my doubts that was licensed. Um, yeah. And also that's the cops just, you know, rubbing salt into the wound there when they're trying to stitch him up for extra stuff. They yeah. didn't have their seatbelt on when it was meant to be on. Find yeah. them for that. Gun was unlocked. <laughs> it's like, who cares, man? They're hijacking. Well, they, who they gives a try fuck? to chuck shit on. It's the Al Capone yeah. tax thing. Um, <laughs> 36 grenade. Classic cast iron ergonomically grooved fragmentation pineapple mills bomb. Only a few weeks ago we were chatting grenades, weren't we? Mm. One of the most the Adelaide unwise bits of luggage you could put on a plane. Yeah, was that in Adelaide? I don't know. Did I? I don't. Blew one up in did the I toilet. tell the story on that ep about that flight in Afghanistan going from? Well, it was going from Kabul back to the UAE on the military plane, mm. and we weren't allowed to use our phones or Bluetooth headphones because they had boxes of grenades on board, and they were worried it could interfere with them. That's a bad. Doesn't instill confidence, does it? No. Just and four hours in a noisy fucking plane. How are you going to Bluetooth a pin out of a grenade? I don't know. That's I think impressive. they stitched us up. Yeah. They just wouldn't see them. you suffer. It's like when adults used to say, don't eat a hamburger and go swimming. But why? Mm. don't know. Just don't do it. Yeah. Like, Fuck. What if that's the only thing I ever want to do? I don't know if it's enough to make another Four Corners episode about them. But um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'll send it in. <laughs> got enough on their plate. Um they forced the pilots to land in a grass field in uh, Forbes Ganj, Bihar, India. Mate, this twin otter, we're knocking it, but it's it's fucking good. Oh, man. It's, it's this, getting the job done. Very good. They made off with three cases containing a total of three million rupees. Woo! About how much us dollars do you reckon that is? Three million? Three boxes of cash? Three million rupee? I'm going to say... $120,000. Nah, 40000 US dollars in, in today's climate. For me, not worth it. I've never received 40 k in one hit for anything. I never will. <laughs> but I'd rather it not be something as high risk as that. Yeah, it shouldn't uh, take three blokes to move it. Although having said that, adjusted for inflation, that's about 250000 by today's standards. And yeah. you get a lot more bang for your buck in a place like Nepal. So a bit of a bump steer there. Massage the stats from my own ends. Still quarter mil. One of our worst listeners would have heard that fact about how much that was worth at the time and in their head thought, if they put that into property then, it would be worth this much now. Well, I'd like to think we don't have listeners who are like that. I would like to never meet one. I'm hoping to think after 113 eps we would have shaken them all off, but you never know. You'd like to think so. In fact, I'd like to shake, all, shake off all the fuckheads. You know those people who go, mate, my house got 48 grand. Oh, now the worst. Worth 1.4 mil. And you go, yeah, but you hated where you lived yeah. your whole life. And you clearly hate yourself because you're talking about it now and you got <laughs> nothing else. And I'm probably going to punch you before dinner's finished. Um, Those are the people you never get that a fact about how much a person bought their house for and what it's worth now. That generally comes out of them within the first three sentences. That's not a later in the chat fact yeah. that they drop. If they're going to do that, it's early. Absolutely. People say it's rude to ask. Yeah, well, you don't usually have to. They're just straight <laughs> out with it. I don't want to know. I could think of nothing I'd like to know less than how much money people have, especially in property. Fucking yuck. 
um, the remaining passengers and crew, they said, oh, well, and they took off immediately <laughs> and got to Kathmandu, oh. no problem, four or five oh. empty seats, as was the Mate. protocol of the day. You know, we, we, we knocked the airline and we knocked the aircraft. <laughs> They've been hijacked and gone, all right. Oh, for sure. Adios. Yeah. We're on our way. They've just gone, no one's injured. See you, lads. Let's get on with it. We've got lives to live here. Let's get there. It's only money. It should be misused anyway because even someone with the purest of motives, such as a revolution, as soon as they get their hands on some cold hard, they change oh. and not for the better. Oh, yeah. Um, the hijackers, straight after this, they went to Darjeeling, where I imagine they debriefed over a lovely hot cup of tea. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> I love you'll send me a bunch of clips to look up and pull, then I'll look for other ones. And this was the last one I got. And I thought, fuck it. Man, you've reached the bottom of the internet. You're, I don't know if you've ever seen Westworld. You're the man in black. Yeah. You're, <laughs> it's done. Stop looking. <laughs> You've reached the end, <laughs> clocked it. It's all um, it's all bad news from here on out for you. <laughs> then uh, stop looking for any more meeting in the internet. You found this. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it on the board. That bloke has fucking. He's overcooked that. Oh, I'd be oh, yeah. I'd be ropeable if someone drank it. That's a by himself tea. I could do that. I could do that right now. <sighs> But still not the him. slurp. <laughs> okay. He's taking sorry, that. I reckon, it to you now. I reckon the cup of tea is only half full, but his lips are on the rim and he's yeah. just gone, just sucked it up the side. That's the sound <laughs> that's made. <laughs> I love how the English talk about tea, like it's some sort of technical oh. drink. That you can. Uh, there's all these little nuances. No, there's not. It's hot water. Yours has scum floating around in the top of it and drink it. When it's not too hot, job done. Um, Mate, I'll tell you what. Some people put milk in before the hot water, which is oh, that's not that odd. is something else. No, well, put milk in anyway. Um, then the lads went to Northern Indian Ganges River Town, Banaras. There was a bit of heat on their tails, so they had to keep moving. Um, Surely, though, they're in a region of the world where three boxes of cash. You could be president pretty soon. You just keep buying your way up. Well. You joke about that. Um, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> they went to Mumbai where you could pretty much never find anyone. Um, yeah. And then they went to New Delhi to meet BP Koyarala, a Nepalese revolutionary and former prime minister and the main hijacker's brother. And he said, yeah, good one, you fucking idiots. Um, they all got arrested within a year, got chucked in the clink. Then... Not too long later, in 1977, they were all released on bail due to the end of the emergency in India, which is something I don't know all the ins and outs of, but I do know yeah. Indira Gandhi wanted total control and her son was getting about forcing sterilisation of the populace. Um, that ended and they said, yeah, prisoners, see you later. Koirala, right, the brains behind the operation, not the former Prime Minister one, his brother who did the hijacking, yeah. and he was affectionately known as Girija Babu, went on to become the first democratically elected Prime Minister of Nepal in 1991. Lived to dream. Right. Imagine a former hijacker being our Prime Minister. It'd be sick. Mate, we've um, got a bloke that shit himself in a Maccas. So, yeah, you know. that's it. I mean, if he was a better bloke, people would think that's cool. Yeah. Like if he was Bob Hawke, they'd go, yeah, yeah. cool, mate. Piss off your balcony straight in the harbour. You drink <laughs> a, a yard glass at the cricket. You shit your dax at Maccas. Who cares? Did Bob Hawke piss into the harbour from these... Balcony. Oh, yeah. I mean, he, well, not on film or anything. Yeah. yeah, I think so. I think he just used to piss off the edge. No. Great. That's what I was told. <laughs> Someone who went and interviewed him, he said, hang on a sec, just went over and just pissed off the edge. I don't think it's direct into the harbour. Yeah. But uh, that would be that'd – be, he'd be blasting some skid marks yeah. off with Ooh. that if he could reach the actual harbour from his balcony. Um, <laughs> That's just someone eating a fucking $28 sandwich that's just been pissed on by the PM. <laughs> Um, he and his mates ended up successfully overthrowing the panchayat system, local governments ruled by old people. Babu was acting head of state of Nepal from 2007 to 2008 as the country transitioned from monarchy to republic. He's flying. Knock about lab with a grenade. Never give up, kids. <laughs> um, 2010, 
Well, you know, that's what, that's what prison's meant to be for. Yeah. It's meant to be, you know, do the crime, do the time. Rehabilitate. Rehabilitate. You come out, clean slate. New me. New year, new me. Never is, though. Um, uh, in 2010, though, I've got to say, R.I.P. Babu. Oh. Gone too soon. Died at 85. Like a comet blazing across the evening sky. See you, Babu. Love your work. See you, Babs. Very good innings for an agitator such Babs. as Babs. Mm. I'll tell you what's a handy. Like, I've, I've, I can't stand that Michael Jackson song. I'm fucking ashamed I ever brought it in here. But it is handy when you want a sip of your drink just to kill mm. someone off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know how long you got. Have a sip. Straight back to the bike. Uh Sabidi, the bloke who was inspired by the Japanese hijacker idiots, he served two years in jail for his efforts. Then he went on to broker peace talks between the Nepalese government and Maoist rebels in 2006. Good bloke. Again, dream big. Never too late to make amends. This is great. Yeah. We should do a where are they now for, our, well, for some of our criminals on here. I, yeah, I do try. Yeah. But it's uh, sometimes they're hard to find. Um, the plane itself... This is one very interesting little tit bit. Um, this exact twin otter, Rego 9 NABB, flew in the Nepalese skies for another 41 years. Oh. With only one notable incident in that time. Well, the, I assume at the end? No. Oh. No, July 5, 1992. With no passengers on board, it ran off a runway on takeoff, hit the perimeter fence, no one injured, pilot fuck up. Um, Turned it around. There was a third incident yeah. for this exact plane. That was in 2014. I'm getting ready it, for a sip here. Yep. When it flew into the side of a mountain in Nepal during bad weather, three times a charm. Like a castle built upon a sandy beach. Gone too soon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, tell you what, that day. 17 boogie men and women, and in fact, one boogie oh. child, were created out there in the snow. Oh. <laughs> Bits of wreckage were found seven kilometres away. Whoa, that's a doozy. Oh, man, I'll tell you what, I've said this before and I'll say it again. If you're on a plane and you're not in the process of taking off or landing, get above 8,850 metres in altitude, you will never hit a mountain. You can take that to the fucking <laughs> bank. <laughs> the pilots should get on every time once you're above 8850. Woo! Yeah. We're fine, yeah. <laughs> we can go anywhere, people. Anywhere. <laughs> Name it. We can go there. Um, the plane, it got gathered up and reassembled in the BP no. Museum in Kathmandu. Crazy jigsaw that. Oh, I thought you said they were. They're going to put it back together, get it back in service. No, no, no. It's still got a few years, this. Can they not kill this? <laughs> when you see a yellow Ford Falcon, you go, oh, hold on. Yeah. It's got a million on it. Easy. <laughs> There's different colour panels, but it's mainly yellow yeah. being replaced by, you know. Oh, the only original bits are steering wheel or something. Replaced There's every single other thing. Three regular tyres and a go-kart tyre. Yeah, that, that can't be right. Um, still going. Now they've put it together in a museum. Yeah, seven odd kilometres of plane wreckage in forested mountains put back together with a positive can-do attitude and a full serving of the human spirit going to Paul. Some might see that as a waste of time. Yeah, definitely. But it's it's less to do with the plane and more to do with how good their, you know, recovery teams are. What, they can find all the bits of it and put it back together? Yeah. I'd like to see it. I'd like to go there and see it and go, nah, it's missing, clearly missing a couple of key elements. <laughs> Got to be. Where's the black box? Yeah. Yeah. Um, little bit of, we're going to wind up in a second, bit of last minute trivia before we go. Did you know in Nepal at KFC, you can get a biryani bucket? Sick. Yeah. That's what I'm about. <laughs> Other countries' fast food restaurants. Oh, Let's man. See what no McDonald's, obviously, but I'd like to see what they'd try and serve up. <laughs> Fucking sensational. Just a biryani, biryani burger. Biryani burgers. Well, they don't like cow products, so that McDonald's not allowed in. In fact, there's about a hundred countries in the world that don't allow McDonald's in. Really? Not all for religious purposes. Some just don't fucking like them. I love that. I love what some towns in Australia have held off. 
They tend to break eventually. Yeah. But I do love a fuck off. <laughs> Not having it. Yeah. <laughs> um, mate, that brings us to the end of this episode. Hope it's been all right. We've done it. Uh, on the road, Ball. continuing on the fucking road. My uh, By the time this episode comes out, in fact, my show at the Edmore Theatre will be a couple of days away and yep. I know for a fact there are a lot of empty seats. So if anyone's in Sydney wants to come Saturday the 14th, get around it. Everyone listening right now, buy 10 tickets each to Luke Heggie <laughs> at the Enmore. What do you got on? Where are you? Where Tell are you those on? nine to buy another 10. I'll be in Perth Saturday 14th of May uh, at the Astor, I believe, or Re- Astor? I forget. Astor. Yeah, it's the Astor. Astor. It is the Astor. No, but this is uh, this is fucking take 17 for that show. Yeah, So right. it just keeps rolling over. Oh, it's still pretty good, man. A lot of seats. A lot of seats to fill there. That and, should be a um, fun one. The week after, I'm in Newcastle hosting Newcastle Comedy Gala on the Friday night and then solo show on the Saturday. Nice one. I'll be in Newcastle week after that, I believe. And then not too long later, heading down to Hobart Launceston. So get around it. Yes. Stand up and live mid-flight brawl. So for the tickets for the Midfly Brawl, get to midflybrawl.com. If you want to support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash midflybrawl. Thanks to everyone that does. And, bloody keep sending us, sending us messages. We love them. Righto, mate. See you next week. See you, mate. Thanks for tuning in to Midair Brawl. This is our very first episode. Heggy, you're already shaking your head. It's Midflight Brawl, dickhead. Oh, fucking hell. Okay, ready to go. The clap. Hang on, sorry, I fucked it. Clap. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.